Tonight's message is called God Working in His People. God Working in His People. Turn, if you would, to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Wonderful book. We went through it a few years back. I think it was about, well, about three or four years. I think it, probably at least four years we went through this book verse by verse. It was a wonderful study. Paul is writing to the Colossian church, the church at Colossae. And the Judaizers have crept in. Or not the Judaizers, the Gnostics have crept in. And they've told the people that there is levels to God through different angelic beings. And um, Christ was just one of those, those mediators, one of those beings that you had to go to. And they also said that they had a secret knowledge. That's what the Gnostics are most known for, is saying they have a secret knowledge that only they can give. And we know that the Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us and, and uh, guides us and has us to grow. And, and Paul, we're going to see this tonight, he's going to bring forth the fact that he's preaching the gospel, but the fact also. And think about this. Everything we know. Dave, how much, how much did we know about God before he saved us. Nothing, right? Nothing. Didn't know nothing. I had, yeah, I had, but the true God, we didn't, we didn't know nothing about the true God. Nothing. But think of, yeah, and we're still learning, but think of what we know now, what, what he's taught us and how we've, we've grown in, in, in grace. And that's all come from him. And even the gifts that we have, you know, Jill to play piano, you to lead singing, and, and even myself to preach. <coughs> All the glory goes to our great God. And every one of us as Christians, we all have gifts, different giftings. And it's all wrought in us by the Holy Spirit of God. And I thought this would be fitting since we're going through the fruit of the Spirit right now in Sunday school. And as I mentioned in Sunday school, all those things are wrought in us by God. It's, it's, it's His almighty power and Tonight we'll look at the wonder-working power of, of our great God working in his people. You know why? So that we can labor for him. Do you know we couldn't do anything without him? He, told, he tells us in John 15, he says, without me you can do nothing. That includes even doing labor for him. Serving him. By nature, we don't want to serve our great God. But when we're born again, see, we have a new nature now. We have a new spirit within us, the Holy Spirit of God. We have a new heart now that hungers and thirsts after the things of Christ. Isn't it wonderful? It's absolutely wonderful. So it's all done by his almighty power for God's glory and for Christ's glory. So look here, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, we're starting verse 19. And we'll read to the, to the end of the chapter. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, that being Christ. And having made peace through the blood of his cross. Now, he was perfect. He didn't have to make peace with God for himself. But he had to make peace with God for us, didn't he? And how did he do it? Look at this. Through the blood of his cross, by him... To reconcile all things unto him. By th him, I say, whether they be things in the earth 
for things in heaven and you. This was our state. Here we are. Dave, this is our natural state. Jill, this is our natural state. Diane, Vicki, this is our natural state right here. This is where we were. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now. Amen. Yeah, isn't this wonderful? Right now, not, not when we get to heaven, right now. Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you. Look at this, look at this. Norman and I were talking about this today. Holy. Set apart. Set apart. Yeah, look at this. And unblameable. That's without spot or blemish. And in Norman and I were talking about in, in Song of Solomon, the, the, the groom being Christ says to the bride, I see no spot in you. And then I, I popped in with uh, the verse in, in Song of Solomon as well, where the bride says, I'm black yet calmly. Well, calmly there in the Hebrew is beautiful. She's saying, I'm black, I'm sinful, and yet I'm beautiful in Christ. Isn't that wonderful? And here we have proof of it right here. In the body of his flesh, through death, presents you. So Paul's writing to believers here, right? To present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Can anyone change that? No. If you continue in the faith, there we go. Trust in and rest in Christ. Grounded and settled and be not moved. Who keeps us? Christ. Christ. Amen. Grounded and settled and be not moved. Away from the hope of the gospel, which we have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Whereof I, Paul, am made a minister who now rejoice in my sufferings. Look at that. Paul's rejoicing in the sufferings he's going through. How many times do we rejoice in sufferings? We usually complain, don't we? None. <laughs> yeah, none. But here he's rejoicing. He's rejoicing. The joy. He's got that, that, that joy. And see, this is why when we go through things, I ask the Lord, well, what are you teaching me here? What are you, teach, what are you, what are you teaching me, Lord? Because there's always a lesson in it. There's always a lesson in it. My, oh, my. And so he's got, the, he's got the joy of the Spirit, who now rejoices in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. He endures all these things for the furtherance of the gospel. We're going to look at some of the things he endured tonight. Where have I am made a minister? Look at that. According to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. See, God calls his preachers. He calls teachers. He calls preachers. He calls evangelists. He, he's the one who does it. To fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery. Look at this. Now look at this. Now look at this. Look at this. This is amazing. Even the mystery. See, we preach the mystery of, of God incarnated in the flesh. Look at this. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations. Do you know that there was generations and generations and generations of Egyptians who never heard the gospel? Generation of Hittites that never heard anything? Generations of Romans? Generations of Greeks? You can just keep going on. Look at that. Hid. Hid. Do you know the gospel's hid? It's revealed to us, isn't it? It's revealed to God's people, but it's hid from the world. 
even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations. Look at this. But now is made manifest to his saints. Woo! My! He's manifest himself to us. Isn't that wonderful? We had no idea who he was. And what little we know, we're just in awe of. But he manifests himself to us in Christ Jesus. Look at this. To whom God would make known what is the riches of, of, his, of the glory of this mystery. All spiritual riches in Christ, right? Every single one. Not talking about earthly riches. We're talking spiritual riches. Well, plus he owns everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hill. There's not, there's not a drop of wealth in this world that he don't own. He owns it all. What is the riches of the glory of this mystery among Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Born again by the Holy Spirit of God, whom we preach. That's who God's preachers sent. God sent preachers. Who do they preach? They preach Christ. They don't mess around with anything else. They preach Christ and him crucified. My, oh my, whom we preach warning every man, turn from the wrath to come. Spurgeon used to say, turn or burn. Oh my. And teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Now we say, well, we're still sinners. So. Yeah, but look what it says further up. Look, look, look what we read about how we are, we are presented. Where is that again? We're presented. Here, 22. In the body of the flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. In Christ, God looks at us. He don't see our sin, beloved. He sees Christ. See, the only way we, are, we can be said to be perfect is in Christ. Not in any other. In our own, we're so full of sin, it's not funny. Look at that, though. Perfect in Christ Jesus. There's the key right there. Now, here's our verse for tonight. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to the working which worketh in me mightily. The whole reason we can labor for the Lord is because God the Holy Spirit works in us mightily. And he continues to work in us. Remember as Sunday we, we looked at how, how we're born to glorify God, beloved? God the Holy Spirit's working in us right now, conforming us to the image of the Son. Oh my, we don't see it. Norm and I were talking about how we just see ourselves as such sinners. But God's working on us. Look at the preceding verse to this tonight's text. Look at verse 28. Whom we preach, <coughs> warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Paul preached Christ. It's so clear right there. Who did he preach? He preached Christ. That's who he preached. He preached Christ Jesus our Lord crucified, warning every man who heard his words and teaching men in all wisdom. Who's all wisdom? Christ is our wisdom. He's our wisdom. And we who preach the Lord Jesus Christ in him alone, we warn every man, how? By the general call. Turn to Christ. Flee from the wrath to come. He's the only hope for sinners, right? There's no other hope outside of Christ. We have nothing. Norm said today, we, we have nothing without Christ. Nothing outside of Christ. Absolutely nothing. My, oh my. 
So we preach Christ and him crucified. And the general call goes out. Come unto me, all you that labor. As Dave and I, you, Dave, you often quote too, Spirit and the Bride say, come. 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 And all of God's elect, all of God's born-again, blood-washed saints are washed in the precious blood of Christ. Washed and cleansed from all their sin so that they're unreprovable. Without a spot. <laughs> God looks at us and he sees us in Christ. He sees, he sees his son and says, oh, you're so beautiful. My, oh, my. Oh, my. Washed in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. In that great day, too, we see in that great day, the, the last day, we're going to be presented. Faultless. Clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Unblameable. Unreprovable in God's sight. My, all because of Christ. All because of what he's done. Clothed in the perfect, spotless righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you talk to religious folks. And they, they start talking about what, they, what, what they've done. You, you get in a short conversation with religious folks. Or a long, long, long conversation. They want to know what you've been doing for Christ. But more so they want to tell you what they've been doing for Christ. All right. They want to brag on what they've been doing. Well, God's people, we just, we just do the things for the Lord and serving him with gladness. We don't do them for man's notice. No, no. We, and who do we talk about? We talk about what Christ has done. See, that's the difference. I'm going to talk about what Christ has done because what I'm doing, it, it, it's the Holy Spirit working in me. And I don't even know when I'm doing good works, Right? Because remember those, that, that group? And the Lord said, well, when you did it unto my, the least of my brethren, you did it unto me. Give them a cup of water. Remember? In Jesus' name. Yeah, they didn't even know. They didn't even have a clue. Oh, my. James says this. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee thy, my faith by my works. Thou believest that there's one God? Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac upon his son upon the altar? Seeing thou how faith wrought with, the, with his works, and by works his faith was made perfect, and the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. Yea, yea, ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Well, see, right here is the difference between religion and grace. Mm. We believe that all the works that we do are wrought in us by the Holy Spirit of God. And anything we do, faith without works, any works we do, they're not, they will in no way justify us with God. In no way. They're, what they are is evidence of God working in us. For his glory, for his honor, and for his praise. He gets all the glory. He, he has to get the preeminence. He has to. He has to get the preeminence, beloved. 
Dave, when we get you teaching and stuff, just remember, he gets all the preeminences. Fellow told me that a long time ago, Jean-Claude Soule told me, always remember, Christ gets the preeminence. Always. And it, oh, my. It's so, that just goes so deep in your soul. You're just like, yeah, Lord, I want you to get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Well, we do it both when we work together in the, in the services, too. All the glory goes to Christ. When Jill plays, she plays for the glory of God. My. So it's wonderful. Wonderful. So all the merit that a sinner needs is found in Christ. And any works we do are wrought in us by the Holy Spirit of God. So again, God gets all the glory. He gets all the honor and praise. And he's the only one worthy of it. He's the only one worthy of it. <coughs> our works are evidence of our faith. Again, hence, faith without works is dead. When James speaks of being justified by works as well as by faith, he, he views those works which show faith to be real. That's all. Shows faith to be real. No way do they justify. And, and they're, they're in opposition to the dead works. Remember the works of the flesh? Those are dead works. Those are dead works. So... The fruit of the Spirit rots in us. Goodness, long-suffering, love, joy, peace. So much so that Paul can say, when he's suffering, he can say, well, I'm joying in my suffering because it's for the furtherance of the gospel. We're going to see that when we study Philippians, that he says, all that's fallen out to me is for the furtherance of the gospel. Even us here, everything that's fallen out all through the years, before I was here and, in, and even since, all have fallen out for the furtherance of the gospel, beloved. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And dead works show that there's no life. Right? Those works of the flesh show that there's no life. Now, again, when you're born again, we still struggle with the flesh. I'm not saying that. But when a man tries to justify himself before God by something he does, those are just dead works. Dead works. Filthy rags in the eyes of the Lord. They show that there's no life from God. Now, and religious folks stumble over that stuff. They stumble over. They stumble over this precious truth. When we tell them that our works can in no way gain us merit and favor with God, they stumble. I, I've told the guys across the road, my works, I can't lose my salvation by what I do, and I can't gain my salvation by what I do. And they look at me like I've grown a third eye. But it's true, isn't it? If I could mess that salvation up, then it's not God's salvation. It would be my salvation. Yeah, but our salvation's on the rock, isn't it? It's based upon Christ. It's based upon his work. The will of God, amen. He, he did that work for you and I, brother. Safest place to be in the rock of ages, right? You talk about a foundation that won't crumble and... and now, if our salvation was based upon what we do, it'd be like that sinking sand. That's right, brother. Sucked right down into the ground, man. But we're on the solid rock, man. We're on a rock that cannot be moved, right? Oh, my. What's that song? Settle on the rock. I can't, or I, I, there's, a rock, there's one of the songs like that, though, that talks about uh, he, he's the rock. I've got to look that up so we can sing it again. Man, it's wonderful, though. He's the, he's the rock. He's the foundation of our faith. Mm. So, 
let's look again at our verse tonight. And I pray the Holy Spirit will illuminate this scripture for us tonight. Teach us more and more about the things of Christ. I think it's how, how great a foundation or how sure a foundation, brother. I think it's that one. But Colossians 1.29 says, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Now look at that. Paul's saying, I strive in the ministry only because of the grace of God that works in me. So what's he doing? He's saying, I can't do this in my flesh. I can't serve. I can't labor in the gospel unless it be God working in me. And we, we're all living proof of that, aren't we? Every one of us. My, oh my. Every one of us. My. A lot of people tell you what they're doing, what they've done. They talk about how righteous they are compared to others. I remember Brother Henry Mahan saying, you know, you know what two religious people are? When one religious person's sitting there and he's criticizing another religious person, that's just one worm who thinks he's better. He thinks he got sunglasses on and dressed up. He's better than that other worm over there. We're all worms. And God picks us up from the maggots. Picks up little maggots. That's what we're like. Oh, that one's mine. My, oh my. Picks us up from the dunghill of humanity, doesn't he? My, and saves our souls. So, I'll tell you what. One worm comparing himself to another worm, he can think he looks pretty good. You compare yourself to Christ then. Oh, my. Christ is the perfect one. He is the sinless one. My, oh, my. We all fall short of the glory of God. Christ honored the glory of God. Totally fulfilled the law of God in our room and place. He's perfect. How perfect do we have to be to get into heaven? As perfect as Christ is. What are we called then, Brother Dave? His perfect spotless righteousness, isn't it? My, oh, my. We've now been, Colossians says, we, we, we've been meat. We, we've been qualified. Meat in the old, in the old, old English is, is qualified. We've been qualified for heaven. How? In Christ Jesus our Lord. It's wonderful. He gets all the glory. Glory to his name. It's wonderful. We have to be as perfect as God. Well, Christ is God. He's perfect. We, we, we sinful worms, we fall far short. We're in the dunghill. My, he came down from heaven to this sin-cursed world to save us. Can you imagine that? My. We're like little ants. You ever watch some little ants? You get a whole bunch of ants? That's what we're like. Lord says he looks on earth, we're like grasshoppers. My, oh my. My, oh my. Come down to this sin-cursed world to save us from all our sins. I ask you, believer, do you sin more than you want to? Amen. Me too. Do you loathe and despise sin more in yourself than in anyone else? Amen. You know, Paul had the same struggles. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God. Who? Through Jesus Christ. 
our Lord. So then with, with the mind, I, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin, Romans 7, 24 and 25. Paul struggled just like us. Peter struggled just like us. John struggled just like us. David struggled just like us. Moses struggled just like us. Right? Elijah struggled just like us. Elijah I'm the only one left. Oh, Lord, I'm the only one left. And God said, I got 5,000 who haven't bowed their knee. See? We're all prone to it, aren't we? Oh, Peter denied the Lord three times. Three times Peter denied the Lord. Lord said, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Oh, thou knowest, Lord. Oh, thou knowest, Lord. Thou knowest. Now, false religions will tell us to look in. False religions exalt men. Buddhism. Buddhism tells you look in. Look inside yourself. Well, I look inside myself. You know what I see? I see a mass of sin. I see a sinful man. My Nothing but sin in our natural state. You know, the whole scheme of works-based salvation is totally dependent upon man. They say you just have to exercise your will. Right? They say you just have to walk an aisle. Give your heart to Jesus. It's all based upon man. They look inward. They look inward for all their hope. It's all based on, see, their God can't do anything. His hands are tied. I talked to Jim, eh? I said, you, you tell me, you tell me that God died for everyone and, and there's people in hell? Well, yeah. And I said, well, if God died for everyone, there'd be no one in hell. And I said, your God is neutral. He can't, he can't, he can't do anything. He can't, he can't, he can't even control man. But our God, our God, he's a good God. He's a long-suffering God. Even when we're dead in trespasses and sins, and when that time comes, beloved, oh, when that time of love comes, he sends the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, I have a father, born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Then we're given faith. To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and repentance before God. And what do we do? We spend the rest of our life trusting Christ and running to Christ. And what do we do? See the opposite here of religion? We don't look in. We look up. We look out and we look up to Christ. That's what we do. Scott Richardson used to say that. We look out and up. Oh, just keep reminding me of that. Look, look out and up to Christ. My Look a couple chapters over here. Look at this. Look at this in chapter 3. Look what Paul says here in light of that. In, in light of that. Look what he says in chapter 3. He says, if, verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. So look outside yourself. Look up to Christ. Right? Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Yeah? So if we're looking at him on the right hand of God, all the things in this world, we're not even looking at them, are we? Look at that. Not even looking at the things in this world. Then it says, set your affection. That's your heart. That's your heart and your mind. That's the seed of your affection, beloved. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Look at this. 
for ye are dead. Oh, we've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, right? Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. Look at that. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Oh, my. My, oh, my. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful, beloved. It's absolutely wonderful. So we look outside ourselves and upwards to Christ. And works-based salvation also makes man the center of worship. It makes man get all the preeminence. But we say, we say, along with Paul, that Christ must get all the preeminence. He must get it all, beloved. Oh my, he gets it all. It, all, all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise goes to our great and glorious God. My, oh, my. Let's look up here. Let's look up here. Look at, look at verse, uh, look at verse 10, starting verse 10 of Colossians chapter 1. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Now, how are we fruitful in every good work? By the Holy Spirit working in us, right? As we see in the last, last verse. And increasing in, in the knowledge of God, strengthening with all might according to his glorious power. Look at that. What are we? We're just receivers. God's doing all this work unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Well, those are fruits of the Spirit, aren't they? Longsuffering and joyfulness is giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet. See that word meet? That's qualified in the Greek, which has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who have delivered us from the power of darkness. And look at this. This is all, this is all past tense, beloved. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have, we, we have this, redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of, of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers. They were all created by him and for him. And he is, he is before all things. Oh my, look at that. He's by, before all things. And by him all things consist. Now look at verse 18 here. We're going to see a word here. Look at this. And he is the head of the church, head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn, of the dead, that in all things he might have the what? Preeminence. Preeminence. Verse, verse 18 there. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Oh, let us give God all the glory. Let us, let us give Christ all the preeminence because he's worthy, beloved. The Father's made him so. Father's made him have all preeminence, hasn't he? Oh, my. So let we who are his people, let us do the same. Let us give him all the glory. My. Works-based, again, salvation makes man the object of, the principal object of worship and preeminence. In works-based religion, man gets the preeminence. They get the glory. But grace preaching tells us to look away from ourselves and give Christ all the glory. Give him all the preeminence. He's the only one worthy of it all. Oh, my. Oh, my. And look at Paul's response. 
Paul, Paul, Paul in Romans 7 actually says this, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord so that with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. When he says, O wretched man and lamb. And he continues and says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. He's looking to Christ. He's looking to his Redeemer. He says, I'm a wretched man. I'm, I'm battling sin in my body. And I'm a wretched man, but I'm going to look to Christ. You know, the whole scheme of God's salvation is dependent upon Christ. He's the appointed mediator. He's the appointed substitute. He's the appointed savior for sinners. And God's salvation, again, looks outward from ourselves and looks to Christ Jesus, our Lord. For all our hope, all our happiness, right? All our salvation. He's everything. I like what Paul said. He summed it up. He said, he's my all in all. He's everything. So Christ is the principal object of our worship. Preeminence and glory. Paul said, God forbid that I should glory, save, and save in the cross of Jesus Christ. <coughs> you know, in John 17, we studied this, verses 4 and 5. Our Lord said this, I've glorified thee on the earth, speaking of the Father. I've finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. And he has, hasn't he? He's there. He's in glory. He's seated on the right hand of the Father. My. And here we see Paul clearly stating that his strength does not come from himself. He's stating my strength comes from God the Holy Spirit. God working in me gives me the strength to continue to preach, gives me the strength to continue to walk. In faith. You see, beloved, the more we learn about Christ, the more we learn that we can't do anything without him. The more we grow in grace, the more we learn how, how we rely upon him all the time. All the time. He becomes our everything. Look at, look at that verse again. It says, Wherefore I also labor, striving according to his working. See, Paul's not saying it's me doing this. He says, I'm striving. I'm in the ministry. I'm preaching the gospel according to, this, to, to God's working, which worketh in me mightily. Now, see, the, the world says, well, look what I've done in my strength. Right? No, we, and we were all there, right? Look what I've done. Look, at, look, at, look, look what I've accomplished. See, we, we as believers say, look what God's done. Look what he's done. Oh my. He's taken two ex-street guys and, and one's a singer and one's, one's, a, one's a, a preacher, brother. Who'd ever, who'd ever thought that? All for God's glory, brother. Who'd ever thought that? What a, what a king. What a great king. My, oh my. And Paul being entrusted, God's preachers are entrusted with the gospel entrusted with the gospel of God's grace in Christ Jesus. And notice the words there in that text. It says, whereunto I am also labor striving. Paul labored in the word and doctrine. How? By preaching Christ. That's what he did. He labored for the Lord by preaching Christ, by gathering together with the saints, by encouraging the saints. But his most important mission was to preach Christ. He warned sinners of their danger. He preached 
to them the way of salvation, that Christ is the only way. There's no other way. Proclaiming Christ's death upon the cross, the shedding of his precious blood, we saw that earlier. How we've been reconciled. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind, verse 21, by wicked works. Now our works glorify God. Look at that. Isn't that incredible? That's what God's done. He's taken people who naturally, by wicked works, are alienated from God, and he's working in us. We don't even know when he's doing this, when, he, when he's producing good works in us, and now the works he produces in us glorify God. <laughs> when before, they, our own works alienated us from God. Isn't that incredible? And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your minds by wicked works, yet now have you reconciled. My! We fell in Adam. Now we're reconciled to God through the second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. In the body of his flesh, through death, to present you holy and unblameable. I'm going to keep reading this. And irreprovable in his sight. Look at that. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, my. That's just amazing. Praise God's mighty name. Praise his mighty name. My. And Paul, Paul, he loved the gospel of Christ. Therefore, he labored in proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ. The Greek word here for labor means this, to work hard. And the Greek word for striving means to enter a contest, running a race. Don't put rocks on my backpack, right? So true, brother. Right? Oh, don't even put a backpack on me when I'm running a race. Don't put works-based religion stuff on me. That's what Dave, Dave, I've been encouraging to make a message about this, uh, these Works, works people, they put these baggage on you. When you're running a race, all you want is that number on you, some shorts and, and a shirt, and you run, right? Well, religion puts backpacks full of rocks on you. And that just weighs you down, man. You're, you're just, by the time you get, you, oh, man, do's and don't, do this. The rock of don't do this. The rock of do this. The rock of, the, all by man. All written by man, too, right? All man's works. Oh, my so the word Greek here means to enter a contest, to contend in gymnastic games, to contend with adversaries, to fight. Metaphorically, to contend, struggle with difficulties and dangers. We do that all the time, don't we? To endeavor with strenuous zeal. Strive to obtain something. My. I remember when we first moved here, I went to um, a wrestling match of a young man that attended here. And he was in a wrestling match, and his younger brother was too. And I was struck how they wrestled, and how they grappled with each other as they were wrestling. And I thought, that's us in this life. We're grappling with the things, and, and God's given us strength to keep grappling, beloved. <laughs> but it was so amazing to watch them, and the one, just one little move, and flip, he'd flip the fella. And get the, and get the, uh, the edge on him. What a picture of the Christian life and how we struggle and battle through this life. We're just struggling and battling. And man, sometimes we get up and then, oh, you're leaning back down again. My, oh, my. My, oh, my. And as we run the race before us, we, we struggle. My, Hebrew says this. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which which does so easily beset us. All sin so easily besets us, doesn't it? So easily. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author 
and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. <coughs> it is finished. Complete work, beloved. And Paul was called. He was a called by God to preach the gospel, and he labored diligently in the ministry that the Lord had called him and placed him in. You know, he, and think of this. He, remember what he says? He, count, he says, I count everything I did as a Pharisee is just done, just waste, just waste. Just nothing. Didn't know Christ at all. All that religion, all that knowledge he had. Nothing. Just dumb. No love, yeah? He had knowledge. He had knowledge of the scriptures, but, but no spiritual knowledge of the scriptures. No love for the brethren. He hated the brethren. He was out killing them. But oh, God takes, God takes an enemy. Look at that, remember? And you, yeah, there you go. And you that were sometimes alienated enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now have to be reconciled, made willing in the day of God's power, brother. Amen. Oh, my. Oh, my. Change your willing. Yeah, I like that. Change your willing. Oh, my. So he had one mission, Paul. That's to preach the captain of his salvation. Preach Christ and him crucified. That, that was his whole mission. That was his whole mission, to bring Christ to a lost and dying world. And when he preached or wrote letters to the church, he gave the Lord Jesus Christ all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. If we want to know how Paul talked when he was in private, just read his epistles. I guarantee you he was the same way, just seeking to glorify God, seeking to glorify him. Turn, if you would, to, turn, if you would, to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. We looked just a few minutes ago at the means of the Greek word for labor and striving. And striving means to labor fervently, to contend with an adversary, to fight. Now, Paul did all of that. He suffered persecution, beloved. He suffered persecution from the enemies of God because of his loving, zealous dedication to our sovereign God and his sincere desire to exalt, exalt the, the suffering Savior in the preaching of his gospel. Look at this in 2 Corinthians, starting in verse 22 of chapter 11. Paul's going to go through a little bit of things here he suffered. Look at this. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Remember, he is from the tribe of Benjamin, the favorite tribe, too. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft of the Jews. Five times received I forty stripes, save one. Five times. Five times he received 39 stripes. Oh, my goodness. Most men didn't survive the first time. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. They threw rocks at him, trying to kill him. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. Three times he suffered shipwreck. A night and a day 
have I been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen. See, he was the champion of the Jews at one time. And now he's telling us, he says, I, I'm in, I was in perils with my own countrymen. They all turned against them. In perils by the heathen. Remember Alexander the coppersmith? Man. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. We're seeing that in Galatians. The Galatians, the, the false teachers of Judaism are saying, well, he's not sent from God. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So not only did he go through all those things, but he went through having the care of all the churches on his heart, praying for them. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is offended, and I burn not? Oh, my. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knoweth that I lie not. In Damascus, the governor under Arteus, the king, kept the city of Damascus with a garrison, desires to apprehend me. A governor wanted to get him. And through a window in the basket, I was let down by the wall and escaped his hands. All those things he went through for the glory of Christ. That's what he's saying. He's saying, I went through all this for the furtherance of the gospel. So we see that he strived against his opponents, didn't he? He, over, he overcame them by enduring, by the power of God working in him, though. And the only reason he endured and the only reason he overcame was he saying, God was working in me. He gets all the glory. He gets it all. All his striving, all his laboring came by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. And it's so true with us too. All the Holy Spirit working in us. And that verse tonight reminds us of that. Let us remember, this was true for the apostle and it's true for every single one of God's elect. It's true for all of us right now tonight, too. He said, and then he says, according to the working which worketh in me mightily. Let's read that verse again. Whereunto I labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Look at that. According to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Let us note again here. Paul, Paul again, tells us that all his laboring, all his striving, all his preaching, all his proclaiming the gospel, all of living the Christian life comes not by his own power, but by God working in them. Now, that's the opposite of what religion tells you, isn't it? Oh, my. If people would only believe what the Bible says. It was, again, all according to his working, all according to God's working, beloved, which worked in him mightily. All his prayers, all his preaching, any success in the ministry was powerfully wrought in him by God, the Holy Spirit. So what? What's this tell us? Well, this tells us the preacher and every child of God, we got no room to boast, do we? Who, who can we only boast in, Brother Dave? Christ. 
Amen, brother. We can only boast in Christ. And Paul even said that. He said, I just boast in Christ. My, oh my. His endurance to combat the many enemies, the many situations we just read about. He's running the race until, until it, it, its end. His fighting the good faith was all done not by his strength, but through the power of Christ, which enabled him to preach the gospel far and wide, in season and out of season. Why? For the glory of God the Father. And it was all the Holy Spirit working in them. Listen, listen to this. Do you know that same power that's working in us is the same power that rose Christ from the grave? Listen to this in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, word, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. Same power, Brother Dave, that raised our Savior from the grave is the same power that raised us from our deadness, spiritual deadness to life in Christ. And same power keeps us going. Same power working in us mightily. My, oh my, isn't it wonderful? It's just so, uh, it, I'll tell you, it's just so wonderful. It's just so wonderful. So I ask you, does this not show the greatness of our God's power? Does it not show the greatness of his power? It shows us how we, we have no power at all. God's got all the power. He's got all the strength. And he gives us, he gives us strength to continue, to endure hardships, to endure persecution, to preserve until the end. And what's the response of the, of the believer? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. It's the grace of God working in us abundantly. That's why Paul says it's him working mightily in us. And that's what he says there. That was 1 Corinthians 15.10, if you want to look it up. Paul knew, Paul knew that any good that came from him was the result of Jesus Christ, who was working in him. He knew that. He knew that. Christ was his strength. And Christ is the believer's strength, isn't he? Oh, he says this. My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and approaches and necessities and persecutions in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. <coughs> God's power, his Holy Spirit works in every believer. Mm. My, oh my. Now let us, let us tie in what we've learned in this wonderful verse tonight with Philippians chapter 2. Turn there quickly, if you would. Philippians chapter 2. Paul wrote this wonderful truth. He wrote to the, to the Corinthians and then, or, I mean to the Colossians, and now let's see, look right into the Philippians in chapter 2. Look at this, verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you, in you. Same thing Paul was talking about there, right? Look at this. Both the will and to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. I'm born again by the power of God according to the will and mercy of God. And that's true of every single one of God's people. Nothing good dwells in this flesh. 
But praise be to God, God works in us mightily. My praise is mighty name. Brother Dave, can you close us in prayer?